Crime and Justice Radio, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on a Monday night, 6 to 7. They have been a staple. It's a great show, really is. Great guests, great topics. Bruce Barquette, I don't like the great firm, Barquette Epstein. Uh, always great to have them on a Monday. Bit of a preview. It is great to have both of you. Bruce, Aida, how are you? <laughs> We're doing well. How are you, Jay? I'm good morning. Good morning, Jay. Good. How are you? I'm doing okay, okay. You know, it's funny. No football yesterday. First time in how much? Uh, what, five months or whatever the heck it is? Uh, I did not miss it. And, a, and very little hype for the Super Bowl coming up. I'm kind of surprised. I know it'll intensify uh, this week. One more game to go, Mr. Barquette. One more game. But uh, very you, you little, should, very little say, hype. Right now, very, very little hype here. Very little hype, but you should say Miss Lyson rank because I'm from Philly. So I love the Eagles. I, lo- <laughs> I love the Eagles on Sunday. And I think the Barquette household will be rooting for the Eagles. I suspect. Yeah, it, we, we might. The Cowboys aren't playing, so we might. Neither are the Saints, so we might be rooting for the Eagles. But the I, I actually like Kansas City. I, I think Philadelphia's defense is a little a little suspect. Um, people put up a lot of points against them, and um, I like Kansas City's defense better. So I give the edge to the Chiefs this year, but we'll see. They don't pay me for my football predictions. You think Chiefs? the Chiefs' defense better than fifth? Philly's got a really good defense. Got a good front four, could contain Mahomes. We'll see. Got to keep him in the pocket, though. Aida, I think if they do that, they'll win the game. Um, that's really, you know, my breakdown of it. But it'll be fun. It'll be uh, interesting. And finally, the culmination uh, on uh, Sunday. Um, interesting also, kind of discussing a little bit of the nuts and bolts of this Murdoch case, Bruce. I mean, it, this is a fascinating case happening in South Carolina right now. And the judge has some decisions to make. You had a CFO of his law firm testifying that she confronted this guy, about hundreds of thousands of dollars in missing funds. Uh, the morning his wife and son were actually murdered here. And now you have a judge who is considering allowing the prosecution to that evidence of uh, Alex Murdoch's alleged financial crimes, which he is separately facing, by the way, a whole slew of charges, maybe a, what is it, a hundred charges or so in that regard. you got a fascinating case now building up there. Has been for a while in South Carolina. It, it really isn't, and it's closer than um, than people would have predicted at the outset. It seemed, at least from the publicity, uh, that this gentleman was uh, guilty of, of murdering his family and the motive was financial. Uh, but as the case has unfolded, it, it's, it's not so clear. So I suspect the judge will indeed allow evidence of these financial crimes because it's a, it provides a motive for the prosecution, some context to this, and... The quest to do this, I think, uh, represents some desperation by the prosecution. They know they're, they're they're a little bit in trouble here. Yeah, Aida, you feel the same. You think the judge is going to allow it? I think the judge is going to allow it, but I think if he was smart, he would allow part of it and not evidence of the entirety of his alleged financial crimes. And this happens all the time in criminal trials. 
the prosecution moved to introduce evidence that the defense claims was highly prejudicial and not probative or relevant of the instant crime. And the prosecution argues either that the defense somehow opened the door or that it falls into some exception. And it is a decision that courts make that can ultimately make or break the case. Think about Harvey Weinstein, right? The five additional women that testified in this case had nothing to do with the actual case, but the evidence came in under some exception. Um, And I think it was fatal to his trial because when you look at just the two individuals that were involved in the indictment, their cases didn't appear on their face that strong. And so um, it's it's a powerful decision that can ultimately uh, have decision-making power for the jury. And if the judge was smart, he would um, be very conservative about how much he let in, and he would give a very strong limiting instruction indicating that it's introduced for some other purpose than to prove guilt. Uh, Bruce, I think he did it myself. I think he did it uh, to cover up his extensive financial crimes and then allegedly staged his own death in order to secure some sort of a life insurance payout uh, for his surviving son. I think it was like $10 million or so. But, uh, you know, the stench is there. There's no question about it. And, you know, this was a guy who was facing, by the way, uh, a lawsuit from the family of a, another teenager who died after his son crashed drunkenly on some sort of a boat into a bridge a couple of years ago there. That hasn't really been accentuated enough. But, uh, you know, prosecutors had said that a pretrial hearing in that crash case, uh, which had been scheduled to take place a couple of days after the murders, really would have had exposed Alex Murdoch's financial dealings uh, and was part of the motive that allegedly led to him killing his wife and son. And, you know, it's the pieces are starting to really come together, at least in my estimation. Yeah, I, uh, you're not wrong. and You're not wrong. And, and the, the financial crimes really paint a, a, a horrible picture of this individual. Um, he, you know, he stole from just about everybody he dealt with, including clients, um, um, his law firm, and anybody else that he could talk into giving him large sums of money. So it it, it, it is... It doesn't paint a good picture of him. It really doesn't. And I think Aida's correct that uh, these crimes come in, and it goes a long way to proving the crime charged because um, juries are just going to look at him as a disreputable, dishonest individual capable of almost anything. Uh, no question about it. Um, before we get into tonight's show, you know, I, I hate to even bring up this guy now because there's just so much on him, and that is George Santos. Now the latest thing, you have a harassment allegation uh, of, of sexual harassment uh, with a staffer not too long ago, and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. You know, to me, the biggest thing I uh, are these um, uh, investigations into donations, into fundraising. That's where it's really going to get ugly for Santos. But in the meantime, every day we get a piece of news here 
Uh, and it's just incredible to me. It really is incredible uh, how this individual is representing uh, a conglomerate on the House floor in our nation's capital. There should be a rule that if the individual in Congress ends up spending more time defending himself or being investigated than actually working as a matter of, of practicality, they should be bounced. Um, this is getting a, a bit out of control at this point. Um, I, I honestly can't understand why he's still why he's still standing and doing his job. It gets uglier by the week. You know that these investigations are becoming elevated. Uh, and all, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, outreach now as far as that constituency saying, hey, get this guy out of here. That's what it comes down to. We'll see what happens. But uh, a very tough situation indeed. Very tough situation. I'll kind of watch this stuff. Uh, Bruce, talk to me about tonight. What do we got? Well, we're gonna, we'll touch on the, the murder trial that you just mentioned. We'll talk a little bit more about the the Memphis case, and of course, we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, it's funny that Trump is still in the news as far as crime and justice goes. He he continues to, I don't know, dance around um, various criminal investigations, and so far, so far has avoided a criminal indictment. Although civilly, he's getting his bottom tanned one day after the next. Um, he really is taking a beating in the uh, in the civil courts, if you will. Um, started, I think, with the judgment and uh, the settlement for $25 million at Trump University and all the way through uh, the attorney general's investigation. They're going after his children. Of course, Weissenberg is in Rikers, on Rikers Island right now, and the Manhattan DA's office has opened another criminal investigation um, concerning the, the representations of... of estimates of his net worth we have the atlanta case going on um and the cases in washington dc yeah he's fallen in a big way i think the only saving grace for donald trump is joe biden with all that's going on around him you know now with the the case against joe biden these missing documents i mean really that's kind of you know, slowly uh, overshadowing a lot of the Trump stuff. You're right, uh, Bruce. He has fallen uh, in such a massive way. Uh, and it's fascinating to see what could happen, Aida, in the next couple of months. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I suspect the document fiasco, both with Biden and Trump, won't go too far. And by, uh, Trump seems to always surprised. I mean, think about what he's been through. Think about the investigation into his ties in Russia. Um, he's, he's literally been investigated twice during his presidency and come out on top of those. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if these fall. That said, um, Mark Pomerantz, who was the uh, former U.S. attorney and district attorney that investigated Donald Trump during Cy Vance, just published a book and went on 60 Minutes last night to talk about the evidence that they had accumulated in the grand jury against Trump that Alvin Bragg ultimately decided not to pursue, which was shocking to the public because Alvin Bragg had 
gone, gone, you know, uh, on his campaign trail indicating that he would go after, um, not the underdogs, but, um, the, the, the rich and powerful and try to have mercy when it came to people of color and the indigent. And here he was, uh, adopting an investigation that had been long worked on, um, and he dropped it. So I'm curious to read Mr. Pomerantz's book. I'm also curious as a lawyer whether or not any part of his book violates ethics because the grand jury proceeding is a secret uh, proceeding, and I wonder if anything was revealed. I doubt he would have revealed anything that you couldn't find publicly. Um, but that is fascinating. Fascinating indeed. We will be tuning in uh, tonight to uh, folks' Crime and Justice Radio every Monday night uh, from 6 to 7 o'clock. It is a great hour. Great guests, great topics, and two great hosts. We will be tuning in tonight, my friends. We appreciate a couple of minutes here. Thank you, Jay. Thank appreciate you it all. And we'll great ta- to talk to you. And we will talk as as likely as uh, I to both of you. And we will talk about a, a uh, an eagle win uh, holding the Lombardi Trophy uh, at around ten thirty next Sunday my, night. <laughs> my son, and I guess my heart are with the Eagles, but my mind says the Chiefs. So let's see what happens. Yeah, I like Philly from the get go. I mean, they, when you think about it, they had the best team all season uh, from the get go. And, you know, they got some injuries and everything else, Jalen Hurts, but they rebounded well, especially in the last couple of playoff games. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good game. It will be a good game, though. Uh, Bruce and Ada tonight, Crime and Justice, 6-7. to seven. Thanks, guys. We'll talk again.